This is Ozarks at Large. I'm Kyle Kellams. With me is Heim Goodman-Strauss. Hey, good morning, Kyle. Good morning, Heim. He is a math professor at the University of Arkansas. What do you got for us this time? Another fraud pre- – actually, it's not fraud prevention tip. It's a fraud detection prevention tip. How to so get away. if you another wanted to, to commit yeah. fraud, Here's another take this into consideration. Very important thing. Okay. So uh, again, there's going to be another bit of fraudulent data on the Math Factor website, and you can go and s- test your skills. Suppose we're flipping coins, mm-hmm. heads, tails, heads, heads, tails, right. and so on. Most people are very, very bad at generating random strings of digits. Um, just I don't know what that means. Just, Tell me what that means. Just, what do you mean? Just rattle off uh, 30 heads and tails. I'll count on my fingers. Heads, heads, tails, tails, heads, tails, tails, heads, tails, heads, heads, tails, 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 heads, 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 tails, 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 heads. That's about thirty. Okay. You that was totally fraudulent. Because the thing that was probably the thing that was missing is that in a run of thirty heads, you expect to see quite a lot of runs of longer runs than you had. I think the longest run that you ever had was maybe two or three. Right. Like even in just uh, 20 coin tosses, on average, you'll have four a string of four run, – a run of four more, more about huh. 50% of the time. Really? Really. And um, if, you, um, if you have a, a run of 100% of the time, about half the time you'll have a, a run of seven or more. So if, if I were to flip this dime that I've got in my hand here 100 times – Odds are that I'll have a run of seven consecutive either heads or tails before I'm done with that hundred. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do it In right fact, now. In fact, for the 30, you'll have a run of five or more a majority of the time. So that's an easy way to tell. If you do um, – certainly you would expect to see four pretty frequently for a run of 30. Mm-hmm. And it's – actually, I've got the exact numbers. I'll, maybe, I'll put those on the website okay. too. You know what this sounds great for? Hmm. Let's say you are at the airport and your flight is delayed and you have children with you uh-huh. who are bored and restless. Oh, yeah. Tell this would be a great thing to say. Hey, because (laughs) no, no, I mean, and I don't mean in some sort of nefarious way, but this would be an interesting way to pass time because you tell someone that you flip a hundred times and you'll get seven. Me, I'm going to hear that go. Nah, probably not. Yeah, because it's a fifty-fifty. It'd be a fun exercise to to do with your children. Yeah, okay. So let me just interject here. Uh, After Kyle and I finished taping, I was racking my brains trying to figure out a very simple way to explain why Benford's Law applies so widely. If you recall, um, if you look at lots of different kinds of data, say um, populations of countries or lengths of rivers or uh, street addresses, far more often than not, uh, sorry, far more often the data will begin with the digit 1, then say with the digit 9. And as I explain on the website, it's not too hard to see that this is when uh, the data is distributed sort of evenly with respect to scale. That is to say, when you have about as many really big things as big things, as medium-sized things, as small things. That is to say, for example, with countries, that there would be about as many with populations between, say, 100 million, say, 10 million and 100 million uh, 1 million and 10 million, 100,000 and 1 million. This has to hold over a wide range of scales, over several scales, in order for Benford's Law to, to hold. But if the data has this property, then it sort of holds automatically. Uh, in other words, if the data is, so to speak, scale invariant, or to put it a little more technically, if it's distributed logarithmically, which all that means is that if you look at the data and you look at the dig- number of digits 
say, in each of the data points, then you have about as many, it's, it's as equally likely that you have this many digits versus that many digits, at least over some range of numbers of digits. But that just raises the next question, and this is what I was puzzled about. What's, how can we easily see that so much different kind of data would be actually arranged in this way? For example, why should country, populations of countries have this scale and variance um, property? The answer is it's when situations, it's in situations when you have big things tend to gobble up the next size down things, when great big things tend to gobble up big things and big things tend to gobble up medium-sized things and medium-sized things tend to gobble up smaller things still. For example, as countries gel and form historically, you have smaller political units getting gobbled up by bigger political units, with a few being left around the margins. So for example, when France formed, well, they didn't manage to get Switzerland. Similarly, Switzerland didn't consolidate and include Liechtenstein. Um, with rivers, it's the same kind of situation where you have watersheds all rushing their water down to the ocean. Big watersheds tend to gobble up smaller watersheds, and smaller watersheds tend to gobble up smaller ones still. But there's still some rivers that are fairly medium-sized that make it all the way to the ocean. There's some smaller rivers still that make it all the way to the ocean. Same situation exactly. And even with roads, as a city grows, smaller roads get consolidated and become bigger roads. Some bigger roads, in a sense, are gobbling up the smaller ones. Those bigger roads, in turn, are consolidated and become uh, highways and so on. Exactly the same phenomenon, very widely applicable. And now, back to the math factor. Hey, before I forget, uh, do call one four seven nine five seven five six three three two. Time is running out. We gotta get your give us a call, name, location, comments. Um, we love hearing from you, and we'll stitch them together for your sixth anniversary special. And you don't have to call a hundred times in a row. You no, can you call don't. just once. Just once. Hey, What's the got, number again? Oh, one four seven nine five seven five six three three two. Keep those calls a coming. Uh, how about a puzzle? How about a puzzle? Okay, this is another Jeff Yoke puzzle. Okay. He gave us quite a few. Um, you're going to go to a store and make a purchase. All right. And the prices are generally from $1 to 100 You have no idea. Uh, $1 to $100. You have mm-hmm. no idea what you're going to go in and buy. You're going to pick at random. Okay. But um, for some unexplic- inexplicable reason, you only – have to, you can take three cashier's checks. <laughs> yeah. I love these. I love these. All right. <laughs> Fill in something plausible. Right. <laughs> and you want to um, minimize – you want to sort of pick the, the amounts that the checks are so that you uh, minimize the risk of overpayment. I mean you're going to most likely not have quite the right amount for whatever it is that you – So I don't get change because it's a cashier's check, right? Yeah. I'm just going to – Do you get change for a cashier's check? I don't know. Well, I in any case, you want to right. sort of set – choose the checks correctly so that um, on average, if you make a random selection from $1 to $100, you will minimize the uh, – The amount that you overpay. The, the amount you overpay. So, so are you basically asking what are the three amounts that you should go in armed with? Yeah, that's right. And um, yeah. Now, how many purchase? You can make one purchase or three purchases. Just one purchase. One purchase. Okay, For that's a, important. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you. No, send thank your you. math math uh, send your answers to mathfactor at uark.edu. 
or check out on the web mathfactor.uark.edu. And don't forget that phone number, 1479-575-6332. Thanks, Han. Thank you. Thank you.